0: going on, everybody? Welcome to Post Credit Brews. This is the podcast where we do a review while we drink a cold brew. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I hope everybody's keeping up with the social distancing and all that fun stuff that's going on. I know these aren't, like, the, the best times out there, but mm-hmm. it's the summertime now, and I, I would hope that, that there's things to be looking forward to. Nice weather, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing to kind of bring up is this is, like, so today we're reviewing the King of Staten Island, And this is, I would say this is the first new movie I've seen in a while. And I, I, you know, I mean, you watch stuff on Netflix, you watch new stuff. But I think this is the first actual, like, movie that, like, if we weren't in the social distancing era that we're in now, I would have actually went to see in theaters, right?
0: Yeah, so this was, like, like you said, this is like, one of the first movies that was premiering during this. I think the other, the one that was, during the whole thing was, like, Trolls. Yeah, stuff, yeah. But that, like, Mm -hmm. they were banging on, on that, like, going to the theaters and that they actually made a lot more money not being in theaters
1: they made a lot of money yeah and I mean I think one thing to point out is Universal is really like these home you know VOD releases that they're doing have been very profitable for them you know and Trolls yeah that's one I think this made some good money. I think you were telling me kind of the, you know, this made a lot of money over the weekend.
0: Yeah. So, like, this went straight to video on demand. So, it wasn't in theaters at all. Yeah. Like, I was even reading that theaters were telling in, like, the driving, like, now there's, like, drive in theaters now. Yeah. Yeah. Which I would, sounds kind of cool to go to a drive in theater. Like I've I, never been to one. I'd be really interested in mm-hmm. trying that out. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it was the movie telling them not to, to pull it, mm-hmm. but they were told not to released the movie there so it's strictly video video on demand mm-hmm. and even like in like this past weekend when it's opening premiere it shattered as the most rented movie on fandango now and itunes store
1: mm-hmm. money please
0: yeah I mean, and i think it's also available on amazon and and hulu as well y-
1: yeah i think wherever you can like rent stuff so i think yeah like your amazon your what was i It's like amazon fandango iTunes, all that stuff. I'm sure you can rent it on, like, Comcast, Verizon. I mean, it's all available there. But, yeah, I mean, Universal, they're making a ton of money. I mean, in terms of, like, studio-wise with a lot of these VODs.
0: And I wonder if this is going to be not, like, a test run, but, like, the beginning of the end of, like, the movie theater as we Mm -hmm. know it. Yeah. That is blasphemous! We're actually planning on doing a post for our blog, postgradabrews.blogspot.com. And we're putting it out to the fans, too. Give us your best movie theater experiences mm-hmm. and you may be featured in it in our 25th article as a mm-hmm. celebration that's coming up soon
1: yeah 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 just let us know you know obviously you have those kind of when you go to the movies a lot of those moments that you remember so um, good moments bad moments funny moments mm-hmm. yeah whatever you know so yeah i mean I, I think that'll be cool but again like i thought this was again i think i was very excited about this movie just because this is like the first you know movie that I actually, like I said, would have seen in the theaters over the summer,
0: and even like on top of like the theater things, like the movie theater festivals that that are out mm-hmm. there too must be thriving on these types of films to to generate some kind of revenue or even some kind of popularity too, and mm-hmm. that's all gone too,
1: yeah, 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 i mean you don't you don't have it as much, yeah, and I know this was this was supposed to open up south by Southwest in Austin this past spring, and obviously with Covid everything got canceled, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a pretty big honor. And, you know, obviously with being a Judd Apatow movie, you know, it, it had some uh, had some momentum going for it. So. But, yeah,
0: Judd Apatow's gotten pretty big over the last couple of years or so. Yeah,
1: I would say. Yeah, I mean, he he's interesting because this is the first movie he did since Trainwreck. And I know he did a documentary on the Avit Brothers in 2016, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a good Judd Apatow movie, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and I think the one thing about Judd Apatow with like, especially with this movie in particular, is that he seems like he's evolving himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done a lot of like the the slapstick comedy that, and he's had a lot of hand and pull. Whether he was just like a writer, producer, director, mm. plus minus all that like together or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, with some of the most popular comedies that are out there right now, that a lot of like. Mm-hmm. People who don't, like, follow, like, movies like we do... Yeah. But it's still... Like, oh, like, you never told me Judd Apatow. I would never know he was in, like... Yeah. For example, Knocked yeah. Up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in Knocked Up. He, that was one of his.
1: Yeah. But no, yeah, you're right. You look at back at, like, some of the biggest comedies over the past, you know, 10, 20 years, and you look at, like, Bridesmaids, The Big Sick, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, all those stuff, and, like, somehow he was involved in all of them. So, with that said, Dave, what beer we got on tap today? Yeah, so we're starting our...
0: I'm calling it the the brews of summer, okay, for the the nice warmer months. Mm-hmm. So we're we're going back to Cape May Brewing Company today. Yep, and we're drinking the Cape May IPA, mm-hmm. India Pale Ale,
1: icy cold Bohemia style beer. There we go. Yeah, this is a good. I, I like this place. Yeah, I think we've gotten some stuff from them before. Yeah, too. I
0: kind of figured like June. It's the weather's been beautiful. Might as well start out with like something that just reminds you of the beach, and that's. Kind of like what we're gonna be doing with the with the next couple of beers that are down the pipeline, mm-hmm. but also like I mentioned, I mentioned in every episode, we're always interested in trying some new local beers and especially now just trying to give people some uh, mm-hmm. some free promotion. We're not trying to get any money off of this or anything. Yeah, yeah. So if you have any recommendations for us, particularly like right now with like some summer seasonal beers, again, just shoot us a DM and we'll we'll give it a try. Let us know we'll try it. Yeah, so. But with that being said, about the ceremonial post-credit beer crack...
1: Let's go. All right,
0: cheers. Pick up while it's cold, ladies. All right, so I think before we go into like a review of the movie itself, mm-hmm. we should really talk about the star of the show first, mm-hmm. Pete Davidson. Yeah, yeah. And I got to be honest, I have not known him from anything besides Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, were you a fan of him when he was on Saturday Night Live?
0: Oh, he's still on, he's still is he on Saturday Night Live, right? When yeah, he he is still on. Yeah, I don't think he got that much exposure on Saturday Night Live. Like he was in stuff, but like there's nothing that was like memorable. Like Leslie Jones is memorable for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. She's not on the show anymore, but you know, I always like I can always point to like a funny Keenan Thompson skit, or I can always point to Beck Bennett's actually really funny on the show. Like, I feel like I, I find myself laughing at other characters. Kate McKinnon, mm-hmm. Adi Bryant's really funny. Yeah, but like, I can't think of like one the character or skit from Saturday Night Live that, that Pete Davidson like really stood out to me
1: with. I think he gets typecast a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he really kind of gets typecast as that like stoner kid, doesn't care. You know that that whole kind of like shtick. And mm-hmm. I think he, I, I mean, for me, like I never really found him super funny on the show. And I mean, he had moments here and there, but it was never like laugh out loud. Like, yeah, like with what you said, your Kate McKinnons or your Beck Bennett's. But you know, I mean, I think I—I'm not saying he wasn't talented. I'm just saying, like, I never think, I never thought he really brought much to that show, at least. So, yeah, yeah, he—he's definitely very talented, but like,
0: like I said, not, nothing really like sticks out to me like mm-hmm. with, with him on the show, and it's—it's kind of sad because like this movie. I think the best review that I saw for someone said, you just want to give this kid a hug.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could tell this was a very, like, personal story for him to tell with this. And he, he you know, he co-wrote it with Joe Judd Apatow. So, you know, I think you could see a lot of his stamp on this, too. See, I didn't know he was in Trainwreck, or he was involved with Trainwreck. Very, really small part. So, like, in Trainwreck, he, uh, Bill Hader plays, like, a doctor in that, and he's just, like, one of the patients. And, I mean, it's it's honestly one of those things where, like, if you blink, you miss it. Mm-hmm. But, again, kind of to go back to him getting the typecast, like, he's playing, like, a stoner-type character yeah. in that. Yeah, I was so. reading from that movie that,
0: that uh, what's her name? Amy Schumer actually, like, gave a lot of pull to Judd Apatow to, like, say, this kid's really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I thought
0: that was really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's interesting. And we'll kind of touch on that a little later when we talk about Judd Apatow. But, uh, yeah, I do remember hearing that. Like, Amy Schumer was, like, you know... Give this, you know, give this kid a chance in this movie. Like I said, it was a very short scene in Trainwreck, but it, it was funny. You know, I, I think that's another thing to kind of talk about with Judd Apatow a little later is kind of like his pull with comedians, because again, you just see like the past like twenty years, some of the biggest names in comedy have been associated with his name. Yeah. You know, and not to say like he's solely the reason they're famous, but I think his he's helped them kind of advance. So, but I mean, in terms of like Pete Davidson, I'm I'm trying to think.
0: I can't think of anything else that this he's in. Was,
1: yeah, I mean, Saturday Night Live and this, and obviously, you know, he had his little stint with, um, I don't know if we want to call it a stint, but, like, his him with Ariana Grande, that was, you know, that was really big in the tabloids. But, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if we want to kind of touch on just some of, like, his, like we said, like, I think this is a very, like, personal story for him to tell. And, you know, I think it's something to watch it unfold in a movie versus, like, hearing, you know, I mean, do you remember that whole, like, headline that came out with, like, the police were called to him cuz like he said he was going to kill himself or something.
0: Yeah, I heard about that. He like made some kind of like some an, a post on Instagram. It was on social media, yeah. That was implying that he was going mm-hmm. to commit suicide and I think yeah, I think this is, like Arne and a couple of the people like were very concerned about him, so they, mm. I guess they reported it, yeah. And, and they found him just like hanging out at the Saturday Night Live studio.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I had forgotten about that story, but you know, you have that, and then I a lot of people just like seem to just like point to him about like having like that that weird bug eye look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people might associate that with him having a type of you know drug problem or something like that. I mean, I never really associated him with that, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that's why. But mm-hmm. I guess it's easy to kind of yeah. I was reading that. He was diagnosed with Crohn's
0: disease as like a teenager, so he used marijuana a lot as a, uh, a medicine to okay. to help with that. To kind of take, yeah. But then he then he said he was he's been clean for
1: like, what eight years or something like that.
0: Really, I don't know. I don't know. If it was eight years? He said he was clean. He was clean for a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but we can also like go into like him being like personal and talking about you know with this movie. Um, yeah, he he did definitely got
0: really personal personal with it i remember so, i was reading that he was dying as disease but
1: he, he mentioned it a lot in the movie too mm-hmm. like he went really personal with this with this movie yeah he, he shared a lot and i think you can definitely tell it with the interactions with his family um you know i mean i really didn't look up too much about his story before this i always knew you know what had happened to his father and i knew um you know a lot of times he would kind of try and bring that into his comedy but I think just from watching this movie, even if you didn't know, you'd be able to kind of just tell some of, like, the, the personal connection he had, whether it was the relationship with him and his mom or the relationship with him and his sister or even just with his friends and kind of just seeing the direction that he was going. And I I kind of want to bounce this off of you, Dave, but, like, my my thought for this is with him kind of, like, aimlessly kind of wandering with his friends in this movie – did you see that, Would like, do you think that's the path that he thought he was going to go on if he didn't find comedy, if he didn't go to SNL? Maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't really think of that until, like, after this movie, and I was like, maybe that's, like, kind of his way of saying, like, look, like, this kind of, like, saved me. Like, is this, you know, this would have been the path I would have taken just, like, aimlessly, just, like, not really giving a shit about anything.
0: Well, like, yeah, just going back to like, how, like, this was such a personal story to him. Mm-hmm. I think it was more so, like, a homage to his father. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was also a way... He never got a chance to fully express his feelings about it, because there's one thing that just joke about it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I think this was just a way to... Not, like, closure, but, like, maybe just a way to... Yeah. Really, like, let it all out on the table. Yeah. Because, like, we mentioned the drug problems and the suicide attempt like the suicide like thoughts and stuff like that so may, so he's definitely like hasn't been well yeah, so maybe yeah. maybe this is a little bit of closure and maybe he can like take a step forward mm-hmm. or something like that
1: yeah and i i think that's a good point too in like thinking like you know obviously where we're living now like he's you know he found comedy he was able to kind of find some some peace in that but also kind of like yeah like closing that whole chapter with you know, everything with his dad. And I I think when we go into the review a little later, I think this is my take on the movie, but I think a lot of the dramatic parts in the movie worked better than the comedy. And that's not to say the comedy was horrible in the movie, but I'm just saying I think that I resonated with a lot more than what they were trying to do comedically. Yeah. So I don't know how you felt about it, but... Yeah, I I think I kind of feel the same way about that. Mm
0: -hmm. Any comedy that, like, it just it got overshadowed by
1: what was going on in in the forefront with the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it also felt like the movie kind of just like, you were following it as a comedy for the first maybe like hour, hour 15. And then like the rest of it, it was just like, I don't want to say full on drama, but it was a lot more dramatic than everything Mm -hmm. else. The movie itself was just
0: a roller coaster because you just did not know which way the movie was going to go. It had no direction whatsoever, which for this kind of platform, I think it worked perfectly. I think it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I was trying to tell myself and I was like, maybe this is a cop out to say, but I was like, after I watched it, I was like, that was a really good, like rental. Like that was a good like movie just to like sit on your couch and watch. But I was also thinking like, I think I can go back to like so many other movies and not even just a single out Joe but like knocked up, you know, like that was an example of like, yeah, it's like funny, but also just, you know, it like I could have watched that on my couch. What I will say about this movie, though, is there were some points where I was like... I actually kind of really wish I watched that with a crowd. Particularly, like, just him hanging out with his stoner friends in the basement. And then, like, fighting with the kid outside the window. I was like... like, I mean, you're laughing at it. But, like, I don't know. There's something else to laugh at it with, like, a crowd. and it, I don't know. It, it's just... It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I, I get what you're saying.
0: But, I, like, you mentioned that since this was more of a serious movie and like it definitely had the comedic aspects to it mm-hmm. i think this is gonna be a movie that is going to resonate with me more i think i'm going to remember it a lot mm-hmm. more than i would yeah they get a, just a, a slapstick comedy mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. the slapstick comedy all it really is is just a couple of liners and stuff like that like yeah i got a real message behind this movie mm-hmm. and yeah from the beginning to the end like i was fully entertained with, like, like i'm invested yeah. i have to see what's happening mm-hmm. yeah yeah,
1: yeah. And I I think that's a good point. I think that might be a good segue into like what we're going to talk about next, but like just with Judd Apatow. And I think like regardless of what you think of like some of his movies, how you kind of rate them, rank them. I think they all kind of have some type of like, I'm trying like emotional aspect. They're a little deeper than like your normal comedy, you know? So I think uh, I'm trying to give an example with like 40 year old virgin. Like, obviously, you have some comedy in that, just with the whole, like, concept of the movie, but also kind of, like, it's almost like, and I think his name's Andy in the movie, Steve Carell. Like, him kind of, like, growing up and needing to mature and, yeah, like, needing to get rid of the action figures on top of his, you know, his whole, like, dresser once he starts getting in a relationship. Uh, Knocked Up's the same way. Like, obviously, you know, Seth Rogen's character is facing being a father and kind of what that means for him having to mature and kind of leave his his friends and everything like that. And you know, I, I think this movie is still like the same thing.
0: Oh sure, yeah. And I, I'm just thinking, like, I'm gonna have his uh, mm-hmm. his filmography up right now. You, yeah, you mentioned a couple: of them. 40 Old Virgin," "Knocked Up," "Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story," mm-hmm. uh, "Funny People," "Pineapple Express." Like, these are all movies that, like, where he was trying to fix the fix the idiot character.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And I think he finds good comedy in like what you're saying, like that idiot or like immature character. And then kind of, like, trying to have them, like, come to terms with being an adult and stuff like that. But what I will say is I think his two most recent movies, with that being in, like, Trainwreck and The King of Staten Island, I think he just he, – I mean, I think he really kind of leaned really into, like, the drama with them.
0: And that's why I was saying earlier, I, I think we're seeing a, a progression of Judd Epitow with, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the movies that he's doing. I'd even – I compared this movie to Funny People – Mm. But just like having like that serious tone and just trying to add the comedy in the background to yeah. so I yeah. guess like make it less awkward.
1: Mm-hmm. That's another good example too with like funny people and which I haven't seen in years. I haven't seen that movie in a while. That surprised me. It but, just came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You just,
0: you just see uh, Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler. You're like, oh my god, what are we getting ourselves <laughs> into? What's and, this movie? Yeah, and
1: it's it was very very dramatic. It was funny.
0: And, yeah, and that movie that so that movie also reminded me of the movie Rain on Me that Adam Mm -hmm. Sandler was in with Don Cheadle. Yeah. It's like, because you just think Adam Sandler is like this slapstick Mm -hmm. bathroom humor actor. Yeah, yeah. And he put on a really great dramatic performance just like Mm -hmm. he did in Uncut Gems. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. he was really good in Funny People too. Mm -hmm. He was. Because he was like this comedian that Mm -hmm. was dying of cancer and like, Mm -hmm. so the only way he can think of to to like let his emotions out, but not like completely break down, is through comedy, and I mm-hmm. think that the same thing could be said about Pete Davidson's character with the tattooing in mm-hmm. this movie, which I think this is also another point that for the movie when we review the movie later that mm-hmm. we can get into. Yeah, is the tattooing aspect of it because mm-hmm. I think that played a a big part of it that really isn't talked about as much.
1: Yeah, 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 and I, you know I'm trying to jump back to, y- you know, kind of just like the other like Judd Apatow stuff, but just saying like yeah, I mean I think. There's a lot, like, as you know, I think you label his movies as comedies, but I think there's a lot of drama in them, too. You know, jump to like funny people, This Is 40, which I got I don't think I like loved This Is 40, but I think there were some relatable aspects to that, right? So, do you think that uh, Judd
0: Apatow's kind of like following in, in the footsteps of uh, Todd Phelps with the uh, going into the
1: more serious stuff? Or, uh, nah, I, I think, that's, I think that's, pre- that's a pretty big jump. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I see what you're saying, though. Todd Phillips is kind of transitioning more into, like, dramatic stuff. Um, you know what, know what I'll tell you, Dave? I mean, Todd Phillips did War Dogs, which was, again, kind of like a comedy but, like, drama. But then he did the Joker. If he didn't do the Joker, then I probably would have said yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, the Joker is pretty extreme case. Yeah, yeah, right. But, no, I, I think – what I think Judd Apatow is doing really well with, and I, a lot of people bring this up is kind of his whole – like, what he does is he, like, kind of – is able to pick out like really good comedic talent. And he tries to kind of like, really like showcase that and give them a, a chance to really, I don't know, perform well. There was an idea called
0: the Avengers Initiative. The idea was to bring together a group of
1: remarkable people, see if they could become something more, see if they could work together when we needed them to, to fight the battles that we never could
0: you know i'm thinking of it's kind of like the office how they just gave mm-hmm. like michael jim and dwight full range to do whatever they wanted mhm so i think that like there's letting these actors who they think are exceptional have creative freedom and really explore different pathways and channels to mm-hmm. to put on a better performance yeah
1: yeah Yeah, and I think one of of the big examples I wanted to bring up is, like, Seth Rogen. Like, started off on Freaks and Geeks, and then, you know, I mean, he was in comedies up until then, and then he was in 40-Year-Old Virgin, and then he was the star in Knocked Up, and it was just, it kind of, like, progressed from there. Steve Carell, same thing, like, you knew him from The Daily Show, but then once he had the 40-Year-Old Virgin... And, I mean, he was already on The Office at that point, but once he did The 40-Year-Old Virgin, I mean, his career just, like, skyrocketed from there. Right, right. So, you know, different things like that. And I think even with his more recent stuff, when you want to look at uh, Amy Schumer with Trainwreck, and then also Pete Davidson with King of Staten Island. But also I want to kind of talk about, do you ever watch Crashing on HBO? I've never seen it. It's all about Pete Holmes. So, like, his, like, comedy and stuff. And it's, yeah. But, again, I, I think you kind of see him kind of taking these People who aren't like super famous but are like well known and kind of giving them a boost, like, I said, like a, a boost, exactly. Yeah. And he, he always talks about how it, I'm pretty sure how he kind of wanted to pass it along. So, like, he worked with uh, Gary Shanling in some aspect and he was almost kind of like a mentor toward him. So, he's kind of like almost like paying it forward with a lot of these, these people. Right. So. I always thought that was cool, but yeah, I mean, in terms of his movies, like, what's your favorite Judd Apatow movie, you think?
0: This is where it gets a little shaky, because he's produced a lot more mainstream stuff than, like, you talk about just, like, his his own stuff yeah, that, that so, he Yeah, so did. let's
1: stick it solely to, like, his, his directed movies. Okay,
0: well, I see here that he wrote You Don't Mess With the Zohan, so we're just gonna cross that out. Did he? Yeah, he wrote that. <laughs> um, He wrote Fun Fun With Dick and Jane. I'll cross that oh, out, too. okay. I don't know. I mean, like, you got to go between... Oh. I mean, he didn't direct it, but he produced, wrote, and he acted in Heavyweights. <laughs> did he? He did, yeah. Yeah, okay. I knew he
1: I knew he wrote it. I didn't know he produced it, though.
0: Yeah, yeah he has an acting, uh, acting nod in it until...
1: Okay. I don't remember seeing him in it.
0: Was he? Yeah, he played a character named Homer. No! And his scene got cut out of the movie, apparently. Okay. He was a cafeteria worker that was... Uh, Given a, a horror, like a horror story about Josh, what he did when he got out of the camp.
1: When he got out of the camp. Yeah.
0: So hey, if they're going to release the Schneider
1: cut, they got to release the Apatel cut of Heavyweights. Yeah. <laughs> the like five seconds we missed. Hashtag release the Apatel cut. <laughs> I'll, when I post this, I'll do hashtag release the Apatel cut. <laughs> yeah, but that was the the. So wait, was he supposed to play one of the guys who? Is like talking in the cafeteria with the kids, and he's like, "Your friend Josh is dead."
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> check, so check this out too. Uh, while we're talking about it, there's a there's a picture of him, like what his character
1: looked like. Oh yeah, doesn't look like him at all. <laughs> <Okay>. Josh, <laughs> that would have been okay. Yeah, but he wrote that movie. All right. You know, you know, it's always, not to go on a heavyweights tangent here, because I think we could do an entire episode on heavyweights. It's happening soon. I don't
0: <laughs> know. It's just a matter of when.
1: How many Mighty Ducks alumni
0: are in that movie? Oh, they they were probably writing and directing that in the same lot. Yeah. So, it's yeah. Like the kids had a day and they went back and did the Mighty Ducks. The did heavyweights? Yeah. Got cans of soda thrown on them. <laughs> that is a horrible scene. Like, cinematically. Like... And I didn't pick up one until we watched it in college. Yeah, yeah. At the end of this, at the end of the movie, they pour a, a, a cooler full of just filled soda cans on these kids. It's like, how did no one get, get cussed during that?
1: I don't know what they were expecting. I mean, were they supposed to pick up the water cooler instead of the regular cooler?
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't do. They couldn't do that today in this cancel culture that we live in.
1: I mean, I, I can't imagine they could have done it back in 95, <laughs> just dumping soda cans on kids' heads.
0: I'll take it, just like one of them just explodes. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and then just like gets them in the head.
1: I think you see, like, kids just... are <laughs> <laughs> expecting it. Yeah. yeah, like total shock. <laughs> like... You told us it was going to be water. <laughs> All right, let's do an entire... You know, I'm going to put it on my phone right now. I'm going to time it. Let's, and you'll be able to hear the timer go off. I'm going to do two minutes, and this is, or you know what? Four minutes. No. Let's meet in the middle, three minutes of just heavyweights talk, starting now. Okay. And the timer's going to go off, so what do we want to say about heavyweights before we devote an entire episode to it? And this is related to the episode because Jed Apatow wrote heavyweights, so...
0: It might be one of the funniest like kid comments I've ever seen ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I saw an interview that was talking about Judd Apatow, and they were saying how like he skyrocketed Ben Stiller's career. And I was like, I don't know if I necessarily. I think Ben Stiller still would have been a household name without heavyweights. But it, if you tell me what his funniest role is, I will say heavyweights.
0: <laughs> ben Stiller.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Tony. <laughs> Do you think I'm crazy? I'm not crazy. I just believe in you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know who I forget was? <laughs> you know I forget was in the <laughs> what?
1: Um, you know who I forget was in the movie too? Who? Jerry Stiller had a cameo in it too. <laughs> Jerry, St- yeah. And what's his fa- his famous line in that whole movie is? One word of advice: <clears throat> never let anyone sign your checks.
0: <laughs> so that's really like, Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keenan Thompson was in that. Keenan was good. I was like the scene where they're, uh, the one scene, we always used to quote that. He's like, where'd you get that? I'll tell you. Fine, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, rapper. Food rapper.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So anyone that doesn't know Heavyweights, it's about it's a Disney comedy that came out in 1995, and it's about these kids that go to
1: fat camp. hmm Yeah. It obviously wouldn't hold up today. Yeah, you, you might need to, you probably need to change some of the details in this movie, but yeah, you know, you have that whole thing, and... It was just good. I don't know. Paul Feig's in it. He plays uh, Tim, I think the the one counselor. He's I another was, big name in comedy now. I was like Lars. Lars. <laughs> yeah. I am Lars. <laughs> Where are you from? Far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lars is good. Yeah, when they're like raiding their whole like bunker. Even Pat was good in it too. Pat was good. He's in Everybody Loves Raymond. He is was he? in a few
0: episodes of that. Pat. He was in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's been in some stuff. He
0: shows up here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that Mr. Belding character. Just like if you saw Mr. Belding, you'd be like, "That's Mr. Belding," mm-hmm. and that, that, that's all you would know him from. Hey! 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 What is going on here? Shows up. Only yeah. I, I don't think anybody screaming. That's Pat from Heavyweights, but yeah, you know, he looks familiar. We would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But final thoughts. We got thirty seconds. We're gonna have to dedicate a whole episode to this. Like, I, yeah. I think there's more to uncover. That's, I think so. But one of our big takeaways again is the soda cans falling on the kids. <laughs> it was funny to like you weren't really expecting, it. <laughs> right? Right. Like. get back on track. You
0: asked me what what. There it is. Nice. But just to get back on track, you asked me what my favorite uh, Judd Apatow movie was. I, I think it had to be between. The Forty Year Old Virgin and, and Knocked Up, but mm-hmm. Wallcard's really funny too.
1: Yeah, I think he wrote that, right? Did he? He produced and wrote that. Produced and wrote it. Yeah. Uh, Wallcard's p- oh, funny.
0: Pineapple Express. He produced and wrote that too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and and again, I think we're sticking solely toward like his his directing. Yeah, and that's
0: why I said like the Forty Year Old Virgin and uh, and Knocked Up.
1: I think I I would gear toward more towards those two. I think I'm gonna give the edge to the Forty Year Old Virgin, but I'm gonna say Knocked Up is like very close.
0: Well, not that I've got a lot of controversy for Judd Epitel because Catherine Heigl was she came out and said that he mm-hmm. that he was a sexist and really? misogynist and like and she was miserable on the set of doing mm-hmm. that movie. Yeah, and he yeah. that wasn't the only complaint. He like he's gotten a lot of a lot of crap for mm-hmm. for like like homophobic like, sl- like slurs and stuff like that. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think the I think the one scene I can think of from at least the the Four Year Virgin was the like the you know you know how I know you're
1: gay mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's kind of comedy that I'm sure people wouldn't do too you know do too much of today. Yeah.
0: But even just like that scene alone, like it was uh that so the four version came out in 2005. So like saying like a phrase like you know how I know you're gay. Could mm-hmm. you like Coldplay? Coldplay's not bad. I well, like Coldplay. I don't mind Coldplay. Yeah, yeah, I like Coldplay. That's like people that that bash on Nickelback. It's like mm-hmm. there's no like, there's no basis for hating Nickelback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm probably gonna take a contro uh, a controversial hate and say like I don't go out of my way to listen to Nickelback, but they got some good songs.
1: Not a big Nickelback fan. Just the song they did for Spider Man.
0: Oh, Spider Man One. Yeah, yeah. Right, are we are we heading at one of our future episodes
1: with the the whole trilogy? TBD <laughs> to be determined. But. <laughs> Yeah, now, you know what scene I like in 40-Year-Old Virgin a lot, and I always bring it up, is when he, uh, Seth Rogen's character is, like, going through Andy's uh, apartment, and what does he have? He has, like, a doll of, like, the Million Dollar Man, and it's like <laughs> just, a, like, a Ken doll in a suit, and he's like, why do you even have this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I like... go back and rewatch that. Yeah,
0: that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just more astounded by, like, the stuff that he was just, like, a big producer on, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that no one would really think of Judd Epitale. The Cable Guy. Oh, yeah? Was he a producer on that? Or... Mm hmm. Yeah. Anchorman. Okay. Kicking and Screaming. Yeah. Towel and Nights. Super Bad.
1: Drillbit Taylor. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Drill Bit Taylor? I haven't heard about that movie in the longest. Time. I know, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow!
0: Step Brothers. Year One. That's. Yeah. Probably a flop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Get him to the Greek. That was a good movie. That was funny. Yeah. Bridesmaids, Wonderlust. I never saw Wonderlust. I didn't either, no. He's got that relationship with Paul Rudd though. They work together a lot. Yeah. Anchorman too. Pee
0: Wee's Big Holiday. Okay. The Big Sick. And that's a good point that you brought up about Paul because, like he mm-hmm. he works closely with like some of those like just that list of stuff I I listed off. You got Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. You got Kristen Wiig. You got Jonah Hill, Michael Mm -hmm. Cera. Yeah. Like, it's comedic actors and actresses. Some big names, yeah. That they probably would not have gotten, like, a big shot just from being on Saturday Night Live or being, like, in that mold. Like, so, like, I I consider, like, you know, you have, like, the Sandman. Mm -hmm. You got Sandler. You got Buscemi. You got... Schneider, David Spade—they they're all a group of people. But then you also got like, I guess we can call them the Apetos. You got like Jason Segel, you got Paul yeah. Rudd, you got Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, sure. James Franco.
1: I mean, even you know, again, I don't know Jonah if Hill, you know Leslie Mann. Leslie she's Mann, a ton of his stuff. She's his wife. So, and that's weird too because he also casts his kids in a couple of his movies too. There, yeah. I mean, I think. And again, like, I think you lean – like, I don't even know if you'd call it nepotism or what What I would say. I think when they were younger, you couldn't really call it nepotism as much. But, yeah, like, as they're older, it's like – she was good in the movie, but, like, did you need mo- his daughter to play Pete Davidson's sister in it? You know?
0: I think for as little as she was in – Pizza time. I think now that we, we talked about Pete Davidson and we talked about Judd Apatow, I think it's a good time to take a break. Mm-hmm. And we'll, when we come back, we'll do a breakdown of the movie. And like I said, we always say to every episode, I'm saying a little bit late this time. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to see it any spoilers, I we we highly recommend going and running it and then coming back and listening to the episode. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna give away too many spoilers, but we're we are gonna be gonna be talking about different scenes and stuff like that. So you know, just you know, you know our whole spiel. Yeah. By this point. Yeah.
1: If you don't want to be spoiled, leave. Mhm.
0: So with that said. I think we should take a break and when we come back, we'll talk about the
1: movie. I hate when you get sand there. It's really uncomfortable.
0: What, the beach? Yeah. You going down to the beach at all?
1: In a little bit, yeah. A couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I'll be down in not
1: the 4th of July
0: week, but the week after that. I'm down there for for a week.
1: What kind of beer are you going to drink down there? You know,
0: usually I go with my cold domestics, but I think this time I'm going to spice things up a little bit. And this episode that we're doing is really persuading me to go and get a case of this uh, Cape May IPA Indian Pale Ale from Cape May Brewing Company. Yeah? Yeah, it's a well-balanced American IPA. Loads of hops with floral and citrus notes. It's pretty tasty. Like, I could definitely see myself sitting with my toes in the sand with the
1: cold beer in my hand is that a zach brown song it is a zach brown band yeah. song but we're gonna roll with it so are you telling me nice tan cold can feet in the sand koozie in your hand
0: koozie in my hand postcard brew koozie in my hand yes <laughs> but no this beer is really good i'm actually, it's really tasty
1: this was good. Yeah, I mean, this is... Um, I was actually surprised because, like I said, th- I think this comes more more off as a summer beer. And I don't think it's because it says Cape May Brewing Company. But I was like, it's a little heavier than I would expect from a summer beer. But it was good. It,
0: it, it is a little heavy. Like it, go- it, It's not smooth to go down. Mm-hmm. But the aftertaste is not that bad.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's got a summer feel to it, I would say.
0: Weighing in at 6.3% alcohol, you definitely want to... Load manage yourself with this one. Definitely drink a water in between a couple of these. Yeah, yeah. Bring out the Philly and me while reviewing this Jersey mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, this can's cool though. It it definitely has like a summer feel to it with the can. It's got the the king crab on there mm-hmm. holding the uh, I guess the beer wheat logo.
1: Yeah, which is pretty cool. I like what it says it pairs with. So it says it pairs well with burgers, fish, and just a beach chair. Do you think it means it's if it pairs
0: well with a fish burger while sitting on the beach. It's one way to look at it.
1: I just think it pairs well with summer. I think that's what they're trying to go for.
0: Yeah, and it, it tells you what kind of glass to to uh, serve it into. You see that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do see that. Let's take a
0: good look at the profile. And this, this can's really cool. It's got like the it's bright, so like it catches your eye right away. Mm-hmm. The profile says the American IPA named for America's oldest seaside resort. Cape May IPA is loaded with floral and citrus notes, well-balanced with the zesty finish. A West Coast-style IPA brewed in the heart of the East Coast. It's the beer that's crafted on the Cape. I see what you did there. There you go. This is a good beer. I, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. What kind of different uh, taste flavors do you get from this? I just get some hops. Like That's the, that's the big thing. It definitely tastes like an IPA, you know? Oh yeah, and like even like like I say, after you, the aftertaste kind of resonates with you too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel
0: it. But
1: this was good. I, I would recommend. Would you recommend this to our listeners?
0: Yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm going to grab a case of this for the beach when I go. Mm-hmm. I think this this would be a really good beach beer to drink. Yeah,
1: k May Brewing Company
0: though. Check it out. Absolutely, yeah. and we always say it every episode. Don't get behind the wheel and drive. No,
1: you're supposed to be social distancing. What are you driving for anyway? find a dd again just honestly just stay at home are ubers like, even ubers even going around anymore they are yeah but but again like i think it's kind of you know you want to try social distance you don't want to kind of get that contact right drink
0: these on the deck down down the shore on the beach but don't stand too close to the edge of the deck you might fall off after a couple of these mm-hmm. exactly especially at 6.3 but this is definitely this is an Definitely a nice summer beer. And mm-hmm. I rec- we recommend everybody to go and check it out. Yeah. Cape May Brewing Company, the Cape May IPA India Pale Ale.
1: Welcome back to post Credit Brews with Matt and Dave. And uh, on this part of the show, we are going to be reviewing the movie. So uh, I liked it a lot. I don't know how you felt about it, Dave. What do you think? I like. I I did like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I kind of like felt myself
0: wanting more from it. Did that make sense? Okay. It seemed like it. It was. It wasn't a fully complete movie toward the end of it. Yeah. Because I think like you you definitely saw all the the pain and and hardship that he that he was going through. And then the. the this, it was a long movie too, but the the second half of the movie was just like I guess mm-hmm. more so of a, of a progression between him and and Jay's character, Bill Bill Burr's character, yeah, but you know like, the last like 10 minutes is when he started putting his life together and like i, I kind of was wanting more f- from that you were know? you expecting
1: more closure Then it yes. sounds like okay yes. yeah 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 and i i think for me i like i said before i think the more dramatic parts of this movie worked better than the comedy parts for me but yeah and I, I see what you're saying where like toward the end it was just kind of like they left it like very open-ended and i think it's kind of like all right like where do you see his character going from here so i like that i mean i did i did I liked that aspect of the movie. I didn't necessarily need them to kind of, like, knit everything in a nice bow. And I think when you watch, like, the trailers, it was, like, at least from what I thought, I just assumed, all right, well, he's probably going to join the fire department, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after I saw this movie, I was kind of like, I'm kind of like that they didn't go that direction. Yeah. Just because that would have been so obvious. But, yeah. And I think one part of this movie that
0: I hinted at earlier yeah. that played a, a, a really big part in it that really wasn't utilized as much was, like, the tattooing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so what, what did you think of the tattooing?
0: Well like a tattoo in itself is a like a form of expression. Like you could def people get tattoos to to honor somebody, mm-hmm. to remember somebody.
1: You're saying tattoos have a lot of like symbolism for people, right? Yeah, tattoos yeah. definitely they definitely do have a lot mm-hmm. of symbolism. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe someone would
0: like like Pete Davidson, like, you know, he's he's got a he's got the mall. I got nothing against tattoos. I mean mm-hmm. I personally would never get a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I
1: had nothing against him, yeah.
0: But I think he even said it in the movie, too, where, like, at one point they asked him, like, someone asked him, like, why do you get all these tattoos? And he said, you know, like, it it keeps me straight and, you Mm. know,
1: for him it was, like, expression of art. Like, he was a really good artist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, like, a big, like, creative outlet for him. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and, like, outlet's a perfect word to describe it, too, because, you know, like, he had so much bottled up Mm. that I think, like, this was a way to... To deal with that, I mean... To be able to express that. Maybe even, li- li- like, the pain of doing... Mm-hmm. Getting the tattoo. Yeah. It's really just, like, putting a needle into, like, your dermis mm-hmm. and and changing the pigments of your skin color and yeah. stuff like that. Like, it's totally permanent. Well, there was
1: even the, the scene with Bill Burr, where he was just like, like, you like this? He was like, is this, there, this is relaxing to you? Right, <laughs> like, yeah. When he was getting them. Yeah. But, so um... may- Maybe it's, like, a way of,
0: like, coping with, like, the emotional mental pain that that he was going through, maybe, like, physical pain Mm. outweighs it. I I don't know anything about that. That could be part of
1: it. Yeah, and I think even from the beginning, they kind of established his whole relationship with the tattoos and, you know, with the one girl pointing out, and he's like, oh, like, yeah, like, this is the date my dad died and kind of, like, letting her know that. But he also had, like, the funny aspect of it with his friends and him practicing being a tattoo artist on his friends and just kind of maybe not being the best at it, you know? Right, yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. It must be hard though, like you just trying to get just kind of get practice to to
0: perfect that kind of art too, mm-hmm. because like I said, it's yeah. permanent.
1: I would imagine it's very. Um, I was gonna say it's probably very like stressful. Stressful, knowing like all right, like this is gonna be on this person permanently. Yeah, and, and it's like super expensive too. I didn't realize how expensive tattoos mm-hmm. were. Yeah, do you have a
0: tattoo, Dave? I don't. Like I said, I would never get one. How about you?
1: I would never say never. I don't really have a reason to get a tattoo. You now, see, but... I, I
0: think I would do it like the stereotypical like tattoo where it'd be, like, well, not table. Well, like, for me, it would be, I would get, like, my wife or my children's names over my heart, or mm-hmm. maybe I'd get, like, an a Eagles Super Bowl or a Phillies World Series, like, tattoo or something like that. Something with meaning. Yeah. Yeah. They say that like, the worst spot to get is, like, on your, like, on your side. It's really? the most painful spot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know. I never really looked up, like, getting tattoos and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I just, I just, I personally, I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't necessarily think you need to get. I mean it's just, you know. I, I think
0: Well, I think the one thing that kinda of drives me off is like we mentioned, like you're you're putting your a permanent part of your body like in the in the hand of somebody else mm-hmm. and, and hoping they perfect what you want to get out of it. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, and I i think that's why like I guess a lot of people that get tattoos they have a lot of faith in where they go. Like they're not right. just going to this rinky dink place in the corner. They're like, all right, like I want to get a tattoo from. There's yeah.
0: a show on TV. It's kind of like the. It's kind of like uh, Hell's Kitchen or Cake Boss or whatever it is. Where mm-hmm. it's it's called Ink Wars, and it's just like these these uh, up and coming like tattoo artists. It's like a
1: like a competition. It's,
0: mm-hmm. I, I I just don't get it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I guess different opinions, right? Yeah, but I mean, I know I have nothing against tattoos. I. And you know, I never say I never would get one, but no, we should do,
0: because I I know Murray isn't here. you said that he's he's doing a mid-seasonal down the shore, mm-hmm. trying to clear his head after being zumped.
1: Really? Yeah, you remember him well, saying he got zumped? Have you seen what it's like out there, Murray? I think I remember him bringing it up. I don't really, I don't, I don't usually listen to a lot of what Murray has to say, <laughs> to be honest with you. But <laughs> well, like he keeps he keeps crashing our episodes every now and then. Mm-hmm. So
0: maybe 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 we should pay for him to get a tattoo. We could do that, yeah. What do you think
1: you would like? I don't know, maybe like the original like Disney Channel logo. What do you think? What just like the what the the half like Mickey Mouse moon that, that they would draw yeah. with the lightsabers, or maybe like a Shia LaBeouf, but like he's only does like half the Disney's design. You know, when he has a little like wand trying to make it.
0: Guy Fieri eating in reverse, or that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now. We should get him a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Postcard of Bruise. We'll get we'll get our logo tattooed on him.
1: He'd like it. He would like it. But um, I'm trying to think of what else with the movie. Like what? So what were some standouts for you for the movie, Dave? The cast was really good. In it, to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, Pete
0: Davidson was really good. You know, yeah. he. We we said all we a lot about Pete Davidson, but Marissa Tomei played his mom. She was really good. Mm-hmm. She was good in it. Although I will say though, I really didn't like how. She started out as like this sympathetic mother. Then when she kicked him and Ray out, it was a complete flipper. Like she didn't even like go back to being like that unsympathetic, that sympathetic mother anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, the one scene where Pete Davidson's character Scott comes home yeah. to talk to him and say, "Hey, Mom, I, I I'm going to the firehouse and mm-hmm. and they're, they're giving me all the responsibilities. I'm starting to turn my life around." Yeah, and she like just says, yeah, let's go talk outside. And then she shuts the door in his face and just doesn't.
1: You know, yeah, she didn't want to really talk to him too much. Yeah, it was a quick like segue into the kind of that. No, I, I thought she was really good in it, though. Yeah, Mercer Tomei. and then I thought, I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little more about Pete Davidson later on, but I think Bill Burr was one of the standouts in this uh, movie. Bill Burr was really good. I thought, and again, like this was one of the first things outside of like any type of voice work he's done, or like his small scenes in Breaking Bad, where I was like, he is really good in this. Right, <laughs> like, right. You know, and I really
0: wasn't sure of what his role was going to be in the movie when you first see him because mm-hmm. your first interaction with him is that he comes to the door screaming because pete davidson's character tattoos his 10 year old son yeah because he was at the on the beach with when was hanging with his friends and he said mm-hmm. i wanted to tattoo so he so he did it yeah, yeah so it was just like him bringing his sons like you gotta pay for this like mm-hmm. i didn't, i didn't know it was gonna turn into this kind of like little love romance and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so that's also what the part where I was saying that this movie was just a roller coaster and I just had no mm-hmm. idea what was going on. Yeah, I didn't know what to
1: expect as he, as the movie progressed, and mm-hmm. that was just one of the bigger things that I, yeah I remember from that. And I thought that worked well the relationship that Ray had with his mom. I thought that was like a really like strong point in the movie, and then also just like them establishing just this kind of like carefree, you know, just like don't care about anything attitude that he had with his friends. And I thought that worked well. And like I said before, I think a lot of the scenes he had with his friends, I felt like those were the moments that you want to watch in a theater with people. <laughs> right. Whether it was them robbing the drugstore or just them just getting stoned in the basement just that talking drugstore, about anything. That drugstore scene was just so out of place. Like, you, I was not <laughs> expecting them to to rob a store. Yeah. I think you could have taken that out of the movie and you could have had, like, maybe, like, 15, 20 minutes completely off the movie
0: maybe a little more because there's there's that scene where he's talking to them Mm -hmm. in prison
1: although i did find that scene pretty fun. yeah especially (laughs) again we're doing spoilers here but i think one of the funniest parts of the movie was when he like he leans over and he's like hey did you check that out and remember in the beginning when the one friend they were talking and he was like no you're definitely getting catfish dude oh yeah yeah and then she's visiting him in prison (laughs) yeah that and that that
0: kid was moises aries that's the kid from hannah montana yeah
1: yeah yeah, you, you wouldn't have expected to see him in this. He that's an not aged well. He's, a, you know, I, I guess maybe they had him, like, keep the facial hair and the the ash, I don't know. Yeah. But that was really funny, though, when he was like, yeah, oh, it's his girl. And right, right. Like, mm-hmm. Waving his hand. <laughs> well, and his one friend, like, he was just like, he's all serious. And then, like, the only thing he cares about is his cat getting fed. <laughs> right, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Spend some time with my cat.
0: <laughs> and then there was one the, other friend that was like the the combo kind of character from Breaking Bad that I don't think you never saw what happened to him.
1: Yeah, you never saw what happened to him. Yeah, but he was funny how he's pointing out like he I guess he tattooed Obama on him. Oh, and he butchered it. Like, he's not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: who else? We got? Uh Bell Pally was good as as the the character of Kelsey, who was uh, his love interest yeah. on and off throughout the movie.
1: She was good. What I will say though, and I think her character worked a lot better at the end. Where it was like, I think, yeah, you saw him kind of reconnecting with her. And I think that was another sign of maturity where, like, he worked at the firehouse. He did what he had to do. And then he kind of goes back to her and he's more of this, like, mature person. But I felt like, I I guess it served a purpose in that way. But I think, again, you could have taken his whole relationship with her out of the movie. I disagree. I disagree okay L- let's go just because i think let's go let's just... dance come on <laughs> this is the day when we separate the men from the boys all right well, let's go well,
0: no just because I, I think at the beginning of the movie they're, they're a thing like mm-hmm. on and off they're a thing and yeah especially like the scenes where like he's like, um the busboy at the restaurant like mm-hmm. and he and he sees her with with him like i think it, it keeps him like her in his life was like kind of like some of what of a motivator to keep going yeah like something to work for maybe i can mm-hmm. get her back yeah i saw a little bit of that so i mean I, I think i think she was one of the more crucial parts, especially because you saw her at the end mm-hmm. yeah and and, I, and, it, I, and like that was like, she was the character that like i get really brought him together like so at the end of the movie him and ray mm-hmm. are, are really close now and i think he drives him to to the the boat to, to see her yeah the ferry wherever to mm. know, and, and he like go get her like yeah and yeah. give him all this advice so i think i think she might be i think she was the one that he was really trying to to, mm. to go after the entire time press yeah but like, like you said like he was so lost in it lost in himself that he didn't know how to express himself
1: yeah or, or say what, or really realize what he wanted and i think there was a lot of things that the movie had to address whether it was yeah, you know, like him coming to terms with everything with his dad and him kind of maturing and all that stuff. And I think, you know, I, I think him being in the relationship kind of just, I, don't, I felt like they sidelined it for like the entire like, you know, like middle of the movie. I think they were trying to
0: showcase that like you had something good going and you lost it. And like mm-hmm. it's just descending him in, into more of a depression because like you're just, it was more showing how he's coping with that loss on yeah. top of everything that's going around him like you know his family's not believing in mm-hmm. him his family his mom kicks him out yeah you know he's still co- he's still upset about his dad mm-hmm. that's you know? a good point okay I
1: can, I can see you coming from that yeah yeah kind of saying that yeah but I, you know I felt like it was just a very like convenient very quick at the end of like alright like here you go go get the girl but um, she was good in it I liked her Belle Pally yeah, her she, name? Yeah. yeah she was, I, mm-hmm.
0: I thought she was really good yeah yeah she had like the standout accent perfectly.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, she she did that accent well. But uh, and the, standouts, I, uh, you know who else I liked in this movie a lot, and he didn't really get too much time, but Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. The one of the scenes that stands out in this movie to me is when Steve Buscemi's talking to him, and they're talking about all like the stories about his dad and all this stuff. And um, I don't know, it was just I thought he was really it was very believable. Like that's a conversation I could imagine somebody having in a bar. Yeah. Like an actual real conversation. Especially a conversation just talking about, like, stories. Yeah, saying, I, I like, like
0: that scene a lot where they're talking about the stories mm-hmm. at, at the firehouse. And then yeah, you see them all yeah. drinking and they're and they're singing um, One Headlight.
1: One Headlight, yeah. <laughs> that was good. If you look in the corner, like, I don't know, I, I always laugh. Like, you look in the corner, Steve Buscemi is <laughs> holding the beer. <laughs> but I really, like, that was a great scene, I thought. And just kind of, especially the way he was going through. And it felt like a very believable, like, if... In real life, if somebody was explaining this story about to someone who didn't know their dad, like I could imagine that is exactly how that would have played out. Yeah, and Steve Buscemi played it really well. It wasn't like an, it didn't feel like he was acting. It just felt like he was kind of just expressing. But right, it was, it was good.
0: And yeah. I think what's cool about Buscemi is that, like you mentioned earlier, that Judd Patel has like his small like little core group of of actors, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't really throw Buscemi into that. But like he was yeah. one of the, one of those actors that like. Besides like Boardwalk Empire, I don't really see Steve Buscemi doing any like thing Not too ma- much major. dramatic stuff like or, that. or dramatic stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: and and he's really good. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know what scene I also like too a lot was when he was talking to Ray in the firehouse and uh, Pete, who his name was Scott in the movie, but when he's cleaning the fire truck and he's you complaining
0: know, about about cleaning it. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and Ray's just like talking to him and he's like, "Can you believe this stuff?" And then you just hear. Steve Buscemi's character, and he's just talking, and he was like, all right, well, like, when you heard that his dad died, like, what was the first thing you thought of? And he was like, did he have kids? Right. And, like, I felt like that was the scene with Ray where Ray was really like, all right. That was, like, his turning point. Yeah, and he he started developing a lot more empathy for Pete Davidson's character Mm -hmm. in that scene. Yeah. So I thought that was really well. But um, I gotta be honest, I really see a lot of Pete Davidson in Steve Buscemi. I you know I could have sworn and I I thought it was gonna be through flashbacks like I don't know I thought somehow they were gonna be related in the movie just because yeah they look alike a lot well I'm just
0: talking about just like like just as actors mm-hmm. like that. I can totally see like him like taking on like like that kind of like Steve Buscemi role
1: Buscemi like yeah yeah you know what
0: I mean like he just shows up in movies mm-hmm. every now and then he does like his little funny lines and stuff like that he's not like an Adam Sandler lackey like Steve Buscemi was but mm-hmm. you know Buscemi's able to like Go out on his own and do his own thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying... What Were there any other like scenes in the movie that really kind of resonated with you? I like the scene where he goes on the call with them. Oh, and he sees the fire? And, and again, like to go back to what I'm saying, like I think the dramatic parts in this movie work better than the comedy parts. Mm-hmm. And not to take anything away from the, the comedic parts in this movie. But I really did like... Um, I felt like in that scene where he goes on the fire with them on the you know the call with them and he kind of like sees everything i felt like that was kind of like one of his moments where he's just like wow like this was it was almost like closure for him in some way
0: you know what? i like i like the part of the movie too where he is forced to walk Bill Burr's kids from his other other marriage to yeah. school every day mm-hmm. and i think it's also another thing where it, it kind of grounds him and says mm-hmm. like hey like hey like they're trusting me to to be this to do this. responsible person like he didn't want to do it but mm-hmm. it's like when he started, when he started getting into the rhythm of things, yeah, you know, like, I, I can, I can handle responsibility, and I can. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was more of like a, a power move than for, I can do for, him, for him personally. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That was good too. I, li- I liked to seeing him kind of walking the, uh, you know, becoming more mature and, you know, walking the kids to school. That was good. That's you the know? I think it's the biggest takeaway to take from this movie is that like he,
0: he was just so lost in himself, and that's the crazy thing about about depression and and, men, and mental instability mm-hmm. that, like, you just never know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think he was very, like, aimlessly, like we said, kind of, like, wandering in the beginning of this movie. And then he was, you know, even when he was on track to finding, like, some purpose in his life, it was still kind of – he was still kind of lost, mm-hmm. you know. And I felt like he started – once he connected with the firehouse, he kind of saw more of a purpose, more about responsibility, more about kind of, you know – becoming an adult you know i think it was definitely more optimistic regardless of whether it was open-ended or not i think it was he had a more optimistic look on life toward the end of this movie
0: i think it was kind of unique how they made his father's character so open-ended that you don't see a single picture of him you didn't they only only mention him as your father like you know and and do stories so you had to like i guess make up your own imagination of what he would have been like as a, as a person really. Mm -hmm. But I would have liked to see maybe a flashback or two of like the little experiences that, that he had with him Mm -hmm. and his father or or even like, I would like to see, I would have liked to see more of his, uh, how he was dealing with like maybe a scene of him as a teenager, like right before it happened Mm -hmm. and, and him grow growing up with it because you're kind of, you're kind of just thrown
1: into like I'm 26 and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm a bum that was another really cool scene in the movie that I liked when he's talking to his sister and he's, you know, she's saying like, are you always going to be like, screw up the rest of your life? Something like that. And then he's just like, all right, well like how would you have felt if, you know, you knew dad, you actually like understood him. And then he just like left and like, he he brings up how like he was like the coolest guy he's ever met. He was like, yeah, how would that affect you? Yeah. So I, I, that scene really resonated. And that was like really early on in the movie too. So when they go to visit her in college no, nah, that's right before she goes uh, to college. Um, yeah, and she's just saying, like, she gives him the, like, paintbrushes uh, okay. and stuff as a gift. And um, she's like, when are you going to get your life together? And he's just like, you know, he, he kind of brings up that and all this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I thought that all worked. Again, I mean, I think that for me, the things that didn't work, again, like, the girlfriend didn't fully work for me. The You know, some of the comedy, I felt like, not that it was, like, horrible, but it just didn't. I think maybe they should have found a better balance between the comedy and the drama. I
0: think the comedy was trying too hard to to cushion the the uncomfortable dramatic scenes Mm -hmm. that they were trying to portray.
1: But it also felt kind of out of place. So you brought up the Mm drugstore, and I I agree with that. Like, it was just like, you can cut that entire scene out of the movie. Although, again, like, whether or not I thought it worked in the movie or not is, you know, kind of to our opinion. But I will say that was funny when they were in the drugstore and the guy's cell phones were going off. And yeah. the one kid's like ringtones, The Office. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. The other was like push it. <laughs> like that was that was funny, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that scene needed to be in the movie. Like so, I'm trying to think. Was there any other scenes you feel like could have been cut out of this movie? Because again, Judd Apatow's known to making like very long movies, um, like two and a half hour comedies. This is know? this is
0: one of them. This yeah. is a long movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how unrealistic was that? Was that college party that they had?
1: uh the, the one he went to with, with the sister uh, can i drop a hot take dave maybe it wasn't unrealistic maybe it's just we weren't cool enough to go to parties like that in college the who? The her. that's probably that's probably true <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's good <laughs> <laughs> i mean as sad as that is to say i don't you know Maybe it was over-dramatized a little bit. I mean, there's just a random scene where Pete's riding a bike throughout campus. Like, that was kind of, I don't know. Yeah.
0: What stood out to me with that scene, too, is that he seemed like he was having such a good time and socializing. I think he said, like, for once, I don't have to be that kid in the corner. I I actually, like, I could be be out there and make some new friends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it never touched on that after that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, maybe... Maybe they kind of did because because after that he he got mm-hmm. the job right as the as the uh... working in the firehouse. No, he got the job uh, as the busboy. Yeah, I mean oh, that uh, might have been. You before. know, what's a good scene
1: in that too. Mm-hmm.
0: It was um they were fighting for the tips with the mm-hmm. Hulk hands.
1: Yeah, that was very like when I was watching that, I was like, I felt like like that would certainly have been like a scene that you would have seen in like the forty year old version or knocked up. I was just like, okay, like this is good. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, the college scene. I mean, I don't know. I, I felt like that served as kind of a distraction for him, and it was just like you know he's having a great time that night. But you know, the very next scene after that party scene is him in the car hearing Ray and his mom kind of talk about how he's going nowhere. Oh, that that scene so, stuck out too because yeah,
0: because you could, because his music was like paused when she was talking. So like you mm-hmm. just see him look over and yeah turns over and goes to sleep but like mm.
1: that must have hurt here and here and that yeah yeah as lost, lost as anybody is no one should be able to hear that yeah and and i think that served as the purpose with like him like partying in the college it was just like he's having a great time now he's feeling great now but you know the next day he's gonna have to wake up and kind of come to the realization of everything you know kind of I, go I, back to go reality. back to reality yeah, yeah so. but if you if you remember
0: like that college party scene Right before then, he storms out of dinner mm-hmm. when they start bringing up, like, are you guys going to get married or are we thinking marriage? And he, kinda, he just, like, snaps. Yeah, yeah. So it, maybe it was a form of, like, release like, of just how he was reacting, mm-hmm. you
1: know? Yeah, yeah, and I think that played part in it, yeah. I Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I'm trying to think, Dave. Like, would, when you're 24, would you have gone to a college party like that? I don't think so. I'm not going to lie. I mean... So, we may have gone to a party like that. If Yeah.
0: Yeah, we did Made in America when we were 24. Yeah, that's true. That's one giant party. Although, the funnest part of Made in America was us going, just hanging on South Street. That's true. We, we were anywhere we near it.
1: Getting cheesesteaks. Did we get cheesesteaks? Did we wind up getting cheesesteaks? Yeah,
0: cheese with the gyms. Yeah, gyms. Best cheesesteak in
1: Philly. That's worth it. That is worth it.
0: My favorite story about about that is when those kids, those kids were trying to get us to buy beer for them. Mm-hmm. This kid went up to our friend and said, "Like, can if we, I'll give you thirty bucks if you go and buy me some beer?"
1: Which is the price of half a beer at this place.
0: Yeah, they were like the, the <laughs> they were like the tall boys. Yeah. So she goes and buys them these beers for him, and right like as she hands it them, this undercover cop walks over and just grabs the two out of his this kid's hands and yeah. walks the full beers to a trash can and just drops them. Mm-hmm. And the best part is when this kid turns to her and goes. Where's my 30 bucks for that beer that just got thrown out? And she goes, what 30 bucks?
1: Walks away. And just walks away. (laughs) Yeah, they they were strict there. They were strict there. It's like one of my my prouder moments saying that I went to that. Yeah. We had a good time. But essentially what we're saying is the party that Pete Davidson went to essentially felt like the party we went to at Made in America.
0: Yeah, yeah. he seemed like he was out of place. Yeah. But he, but he fit in. I, I think it was healthy for him to be there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't think they'd be talking about this college party. For, for I didn't so either. Yeah,
1: that, that wasn't really a scene that resonated with me too much. But <laughs> um, final thoughts. What what else do we think? Like I said, it was
0: – I enjoyed the movie. It, it's – I don't look at it as a comedy. I look at it as, as a drama with comedic aspects to it. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely warrants the uh, reviews, the yeah. ratings that it's gotten. Mm-hmm. IMDb gave it 7.2.
1: Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 72%. Well, Metacritic gave it 68%. know what I was going to say, too? And I, I want to talk about this. What did you think of Pete Davidson in the movie? I think it was a
0: personal movie for him all around. Mm-hmm. So I think he was not really acting. Mm-hmm. I think he was, like I said earlier, just trying to... This is the best way for him to express himself, and I think this... Yeah, was a a way to definitely let him get a lot of anger, frustration, emotion
1: out on the table, in, in a form that that he does very well. I thought he was really good in it. Like I, I really did. I thought I was surprised too, because like I said, I really wasn't expecting much from him. And it, when I watched this, I was just like, "Wow, this is really good." Um, and y- you know, what's one other thing I want to point out is the opening scene. When he's driving on the highway and he's, like, closing his eyes. And after he, like, causes that, like, minor, like, crash. And he's, like, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know what I was getting? I was getting some small Adam Sandler vibes. Like, when Adam Sandler does drama. Not Uncut Gems drama, but, like, just, like, regular drama. I don't know. The way he delivered those lines, I felt like I was, like, that's how Adam Sandler would have done it. Right. Um, And not to compare him too much to Adam Sandler, but I'm just saying, like, I remember, like... That's how the movie opened up, and I was just like, wow, like, I really like this is the same way Adam Sandler does drama. Right. So,
0: and it's like when he did Big Time Adolescence, I was kind of like, so this is what he's going to be. Is he just going to be cast as in like these types of roles? I Mm -hmm. think this kind of steered away from that a little bit. Yeah.
1: And I think this is such a different role for him than Big Time Adolescence. I felt like Big Time Adolescence, he was playing essentially the same character he plays in all of his. SNL, SNL skits, skits, yeah. Versus, like with this, like I said, like it was more personal. It was a more personal story. Yeah, right. Well, he's gonna be in Suicide Squad too, so
0: it's not confirmed what he's gonna play. What do you think his role's gonna be?
1: I don't know, Killer Croc. You can't replace <laughs> Killer Croc. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I did see an article recently though that was talking to James Gunn. And they just asked him like a a quick like, who's who's been great on the Suicide Squad set, and I think he said like Pete Davidson's doing a lot of like, really good improv on it. So, we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Are you excited for this new Suicide Squad? I think it's done
0: filming. Ah, uh, I mean, it just with the the DC stuff. uh if they had a a roadmap like and a plan, I'd be behind it. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know.
1: I'm trying when does that come out? I think two thousand one. Twenty twenty one. Let's get a date. August 6, twenty one. So in about like a year. Yeah. That first one man. I
0: wonder if it'll play like the the role kind of role of that security guard that was in the first suicide squad. Who was that guy's name? Like Baronholtz?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's
0: doing that and then the only other thing i seen do was angry, the Angry Birds movie, too. I think he did voice work, but he really hasn't done much. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd be curious to see,
1: like, what... I, I think this might open some doors for him. I think so, too, yeah. Yeah, I think people will see this, and they'll be like, you know what, let's cast him. But um, anything else stand out to you in this? I think that was, that was everything that I yeah, really we wanted really, to talk about. We, we covered a lot of bases on this. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I I really did like this movie a lot.
0: Yeah. No, the the movie was really good and I recommend everybody go out and check it out. It's um, video on demand, so I think you can order it through like Verizon or Xfinity wherever it yeah. is. Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, mm-hmm. Fandango Now, all of Hulu. Them. Like yeah. if you just search for it, it's it's out there. You
1: definitely can watch it and I'd check it, it out. It's definitely worth worth the watch. And even if you get a few people to rent it together like, you know. I think of it as, like, five bucks a rental for someone. Yeah. So.
0: This was, this was a good episode.
1: Yeah. This was fun. I'm, th- like I said, this was the first movie I was really excited to review in a while. Just because we haven't really seen too many new movies in a while. I know. We, we we're so. kind of, like, scraping from the bottom of
0: the barrel with some of the, our last stuff. Not that they're not diminishing them, but, like, it's yeah. nice seeing something fresh and new. Exactly. And, you know, with the this coronavirus just sweeping the world now... Mm-hmm. Who knows if we'll ever get back to the movies? I mean, yeah. I, I truly recommend everyone going out and when all this is lifted, everyone should go and support their local theaters mm-hmm. because it's. I think I think they're gonna thrive after this, just because everyone's gonna be so tired of just streaming everything. Like it'd mm-hmm. be nice just to go out and like maybe see something in in a big production.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely see what it's like after all this. You know, I mean, I think there's gonna be some people that'll probably be pretty cautious, but I think. There's other people who are, yeah, I mean, excited to get back and see see movies again.
0: Yeah. So. It's not going to stop us. We're still going to be reviewing movies mm-hmm. and TV shows and anything else you like. And with that being said, if you want to see us talk about anything, review anything, if you want to come on and talk to us, mm-hmm. shoot us a DM. We'd be more than happy to, to listen in. We, we want feedback. We definitely need to start getting some feedback. Yeah, yeah. What we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Just let us know. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is Post Credit Brews, and I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And thanks for listening.